I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Muto. And this is The Artist Business Plan. Your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What is going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. As you know, if you've been listening with us, I am James Milley, the co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the U.S., and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. Today, we've got Kristen Moore here with us. Kristen is going to share her thoughts on her own inspirations and give some advice on starting your artistic journey. I'm very excited to hear what she has to say, but first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you sign up and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fair. Join the number one art fair for independent artists as we travel across the United States reaching thousands of qualified in-person art buyers at every single fair. And prepare yourself for success with a full suite of business resources like our very own podcast, which you're listening to right now. Superfine started with the connection between artists and an eager, empowered, qualified buying audience. So many alternatives didn't provide any real value for the artists who spent their precious time, hard-earned money, and major effort mounting and exhibiting their work without the results to back it up. And that meant it was time for something new. For seven years, Superfine has focused on breaking down these barriers and creating sustainable economic opportunities for artists to build careers from our fair. To find your place at a Superfine fair, simply visit www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. And when you mention the artist business plan, you'll receive a $150 credit on your booth, no matter what size or city you choose. So that's $150 off. Just go online to www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art to set up your qualification call with James and get started selling your art with Superfine today. Again, that's www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. All right, so we are back here with Kristen Moore. Kristen was born in Houston, Texas. She received her BA in art from St. Edwards University in Austin in 2013 and her MFA from Otis College of Art and Design in LA in 2016. Kristen's paintings can be found in collections across the globe. She has, uh, she has had solo exhibitions with notable names such as the Jonathan Ferreira Gallery in New Orleans, St. Edward's University in Austin, Bolsky Gallery in LA, and Commerce Gallery in Lockhart. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Kristen. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. It's great to have you. Now, before we get started, uh, Kristen, I wanted to ask you something uh, to help our listeners get to know you. Uh, what is the earliest memory that you have of art? So I was probably seven years old when this happened. I honestly don't even know where I got this idea from, but you know, most kids have a lemonade stand at least once in their life. <laughs> and seven-year-old Kristen thought it'd be a good idea to have a uh, an art stand in my front yard. So <laughs> I just set up a table um, in my front yard. I was probably at yeah, first grade when this happened and 
just sat there all afternoon making drawings and I sold one for a dollar. So that's my, my first oh my real art memory. <laughs> I know it's super exciting. Your and first documented art yes. sale. <laughs> yes. And I remember it was a drawing of a ballerina, which is so funny because I, I do not draw people anymore or paint people. So yeah, it's, that's my, my earliest memory. That's very vivid at least. <laughs> The evolution of an artist. Well, right. I, I love that you not only started out making art, but you started out as a business artist from the get-go. Mm -hmm. uh, that is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Thank awesome. you. It's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it is really cool. I th that's, you know, taking a... a uh, a new spin on the lemonade stand. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah, it was yeah. fun. Awesome. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. Uh, and let's go ahead and dive into the other questions that we have for you. Um, so first of all, Kristen, uh, what drew you to create landscape pieces and, and diverge from your ballerina series <laughs> <laughs> from your young age? Um, what, what do you oh. find compelling about uh, the landscape pieces? Um, number one, landscapes have just always been really relaxing for me to paint. Um, specifically the landscapes that I paint now really started when I lived in Los Angeles and was in graduate school at Otis. Uh, I'm a born and raised Texan, so I'm used to driving about 10 minutes down the highway and seeing farms and cows. So living in a big city like Los Angeles was an adjustment for me. And I would go to overlooks a lot to kind of take in the city from a distance. And I almost kind of started to look at LA from a distance and frame it like I would a Texas landscape. And um, it just kind of stuck from there. I really started making these little paintings I called smog paintings, meaning the smog that our cars make. And in Los <laughs> Angeles, it makes this really beautiful haze. I know it's horrible for the environment, but it really does beautiful things with the sunsets. So I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's a give and a take, but that's really where my style of landscape painting stemmed from. It was from taking something that I missed from back home and finding it within this new cityscape of LA. And it just kind of grew from there. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And you can really see it with your pieces, like kind of the way that the, like the landmarks and everything are really tucked away at the bottom of the piece. Um, it's, yes. you know, it kind of makes it look like this, you know, emptier landscape than it actually is. And you kind of mm -hmm. just get this like beautiful gradient of a sky, which I'm a, I'm a sucker for gradients. So thank you. <laughs> Me too. Yes. And I, I owe it, I owe it to the smog in LA. That's really yes. what kind of inspired me to start doing the LA smog. Said right. no one ever. <laughs> I know, I know it's, it's, you know, it's, it's interesting, but I definitely, I'm super grateful for that experience and it got me to where I am. And I also a little bit of, you know, road trips were thrown in there as well. So I did a lot of driving back and forth between California and Texas um, because my now husband and I were long distance at the time. So in between semesters, I'd always drive home, which sounds crazy. It's a 24 hour drive. I know, <laughs> but it really just shaped the way I look at the world. You know, I'm used to seeing the world from a car window and I really love airplane rides. I always sit in the window seat. So it really just kind of snowballed from there. I, uh, I, I always try to sit on window seats on flights too. Um, I, <laughs> I'm a photographer and I use, uh, skies as my backdrops a lot. Um, and so nowadays when I'm on a flight, it's just me clicking away nonstop for like Love anywhere it. between 45 minutes and, 
you know, the last one was four hours. <laughs> so it's like, amazing. <laughs> I feel so sorry for whoever's next to me, but I, I, I definitely uh, hear you on appreciating a, a sky from, from the plane. Um, I love that. I also have yeah. my face just like pressed up against the window yeah, while, yeah. I'm, <laughs> while I'm flying and people next to me think I'm crazy, but it's, it's the source material for me. And I know if you, like, you can totally relate. Totally. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, also for everyone listening out there, Kristen's Instagram is Kristen Moore art. If you want to look and, uh, follow along as we chat, uh, can definitely give you a nice visual for what we're chatting about. Um, but, um, but yeah, thank you for that. Um, oh, thank you. So, of course. Um, so yeah, so next question. So on your website, you mention that you have inspiration from filmmakers. Uh, so we know that artists draw from all types of art. Um, but what does interest you about film and how do you incorporate that appreciation into your art? I have always been a movie buff and I mean, it starts from my early childhood. I loved weekends going to Blockbuster, which I know doesn't exist anymore, (laughs) but (laughs) I definitely loved those like Blockbuster nights. And to me, it was about that immersive experience of watching a film and with my paintings, you know, I know they're not movies, but I do try to create that immersive experience for the viewer, which is why I like to keep the landscapes really low to the bottom of the painting so that the viewer kind of places themselves within the work. And I'm constantly going to the movies (laughs) and I'm lucky that I, I do have time on the weekends to do that. And so like one of my favorite things to do with my husband is go to Alamo draft house, which is, I think becoming a national brand. I'm not sure. Uh, I know Texas started. Yeah. Um, We have the, we have it in uh, New York. I, I, I love going to Alamo. Oh, good. I'm glad that you've been. It's it's really a cool experience because, you know, they serve food while you're eating, but they also yeah. touch on older films. Like, for example, um, one of my favorite movies is Rear Window, which is an Alfred Hitchcock film. And I actually based my grad uh, studio thesis on that film. So I actually made a series of drawings examining my neighborhood around my apartment building in Los Angeles. And they were super detailed and really large and they're graphite drawings. So they're different than what I do now. But that series, uh, the rear window series really stemmed my kind of parallel universe of film and art. So I'm always looking at the two and I'm in terms of recent films that I'm, I'm super interested in. I don't know if you've seen Dune, but visually that, that movie was wild to see in theaters. And I really look at landscapes when I'm watching films and um, atmosphere. And that also comes with the music that plays. And it's, it's just a wild ride watching movies. And I'm always chasing after that all the time. And uh, I mean, I could go on and on about what my favorite, <laughs> what my favorite films are. And um, yeah, I, I have my favorite directors. Of course, I, I love Blade Runner. That's one of the old one and the new one. They're both good. Um, <laughs> that's aesthetically a film that I look to a lot in terms of atmosphere and architecture. Um, oddly enough, The Shining's probably one of my favorite movies. I do appreciate Stanley Kubrick. Um, 2001 A Space Odyssey was kind of an experience in itself watching. Um, and yeah, I just can add to that list forever. And I love that. I think it's really, it, film is just, it's a whole magical world in itself and I'm always tapping back into it to find inspiration for sure. 
Yeah, and a- as you're listing all these movies, I have like very strong visuals in my head of nice. you know land <laughs> land landscapes with a lot of negative space that really make the the visual. So I can totally see that in your work. I always love hearing uh, like what inspirations artists have besides you know just strictly other visual artists. I mean, For film sure. is obviously visual art, but you know in different <laughs> formats. Um, yeah, so that's absolutely. Super cool. Yeah. Absolutely. And it just keeps going. I mean, I will always, always go back to movies and I encourage people to go see movies in theaters if they can. You know, I'm, I was really bummed when they closed during the pandemic and I'm super excited that they're opening back up again. And I think that experience of supporting filmmakers by going to theaters is really important for sure. Yeah. There's a handful of things from the pandemic that Everyone was like, oh, yeah, no one will ever want to work in an office again. Everyone is going <laughs> to love working from home. It's like, uh, I like to get out of my house. Yeah, especially <laughs> um, as but, artists. Yeah, I think we yeah. like kind of get stuck in our studio sometimes stuck. or in our home studios. Totally, like, yes. Yeah, going to see films definitely like gets me out of the house. And it's, Oh, my God, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's and it's, it's, you know, you're seeing the film the way it should be, like versus, you know, on a laptop or a, or like a, TV at home. It's like getting to see it on the big screen. Uh, oh, yeah. There's just nothing like it. And and the experience of like watching a movie with other people there too. And, mm-hmm. you know, with some cocktails at Alamo Draft House. Oh, you know. yes. <laughs> it makes it even better. And exactly. again, I, I appreciate that Alamo also, I mean, I'm just going to shout out Alamo so much. They're amazing. Um, <laughs> but I, I appreciate they also show old films and they really kind of tap into that cinemaphile group of people. And I mean, I keep an eye out for what they're showing. And I think it's important to revisit older films as well as see new stuff. So yeah, I, I, I think I saw like Dracula Returns or something at Alamo Draft House, some old horror film. There was a fire in it and it was, you know, very, very entertaining. Um, oh yeah, and they'll have like clueless parties and yes, Selena. Yeah. <laughs> it's super fun. It, yeah, it's super fun. We're just going to talk about Alamo Draft House now, oh, yeah. um, oh, instead yeah. of art business, <laughs> right? Tips. <laughs> no, I know, um, I know. <laughs> well, we are going to come right back, and Kristen is going to tell you more about the differences in the markets across the U.S. Uh, and what to expect when you sell pieces in different places. Uh, But first, another message from our sponsors. Artists, not sure about the next move in your career? Whether you're a talented emerging artist or a 9-to-5 career artist looking for an upgrade, Superfine Art Fair is the boost you've been waiting for. Showcasing top quality work with the highest level of production in the industry, Superfine has been continually developed over the past seven years to become the number one art fair for independent artists in the United States. If you want to make lifelong connections with collectors, if you're willing to learn new methods of marketing, and if you're able to make a plan and execute on it, then you're going to fit right in with our business artist community. From the East to the West, there are plenty of opportunities to expand your arts career with Superfine. To apply for a Superfine art fair near you, visit www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. Mention the artist business plan during your qualification call and we'll take an additional $150 off of your booth fee for any city and any fair that you choose. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. So, Kristen, as an artist based in, or you're, no, sorry, you're, you're now based in LA? 
were based in in Dallas. Dallas is home. We bought a house here last year. Texas will be home. Um, I'm always, you know, open to other places to visit, of course, but Texas is, yeah, where I'm based. Gotcha. Okay, great. Awesome. So Kristen, as an Mm -hmm. artist based in Dallas, uh, how do you perceive the differences in galleries and museums in Texas um, compared to the West and East Coast? And do you find that the markets differ from city to city within Texas as well? I'll start with Texas compared to the rest of the U.S. I think that, I mean, after living in Los Angeles and seeing the art scene there and getting to go to LACMA as much as I wanted to, which is the Los Angeles County Museum of Art, um, that art scene was just so enriching and ingrained in art history and also has a finger on the pulse of the contemporary art world. I mean, I would say New York and L.A. are really, you know, as everyone probably knows, are the big art capitals in the US. And then you can always look to that and they're super exciting. But I think there's a lot of really cool things happening in Texas. Um, Texas is very big. (laughs) And that's, it's exciting because of that. I think different parts of Texas have different things going on in the art world in terms of, you know, their pockets and their cities. I grew up in Houston and I'm super lucky that I did grow up there because the Museum of Fine Arts in Houston is one of my, I would say, the, of the museums I've been to, probably one of the top three. It's amazing. Um, it also keeps growing. They just built a new building that I'm really excited to check out. Um, but there's a lot of history to Houston. Um, I mean, it's it's a really big city. There's a budding gallery scene. There's a lot going on. Dallas is also very similar in that way. Um, Dallas is also a very large city. And with that comes, there's different areas of the city, which is really exciting. And then there's also that core Dallas Museum of Art Museum. And there's just a constant rotation of art events going on. And it's anything from local art pop-ups to big gallery shows. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm very lucky to have lived in both Houston and Dallas And then there's Austin. I lived in Austin for 10 years. I went to St. Edwards University for undergrad. And Austin has a really interesting vibe going on right now. And I think I'm sure everyone's heard that a lot of people are moving (laughs) to Austin. And um, that has really changed the scope of not only the economy there, but the art world. And things are just really moving super quickly in Austin. So I've had my eye on it. When I lived there, it was very kind of, um, there was a lot of smaller art groups hosting pop-ups. There was a tour called East Austin Studio Tour that was once a year where a lot of venues in town from anywhere to galleries to coffee shops would let artists pop up for the weekend and then the public could come and see their artwork. So there was always a really nice communal vibe to Austin. And I think locals have always really supported artists there. The gallery scene is growing there, which is also super exciting. Um, During the pandemic, I'm sure this is every, every city, but a lot of galleries in Texas would close or art spaces would close. But I do think there's a resurgence happening, which is really exciting. And everything's always moving and growing and there's a lot happening within Texas right now. So I feel really lucky to live here and have access to the amazing museums and, you know, connections. And I feel like it's just growing from there, which is really, really exciting. And then there's Marfa, which is one of my muses. What? I would say. (laughs) (laughs) 
But um, have have you been to Marfa or? I have not. I have not. I haven't even heard of it. (laughs) Really? Oh my goodness. I might be an outlier here, but go ahead and tell us about Marfa. (laughs) Um, Marfa, it's funny because again, I was born and raised in Texas and I went to grad school in Los Angeles and we started talking about Marfa one day in class pertaining to Donald Judd, the sculptor specifically. And I remember everyone looking to me and asking Kristen, like, have you been to Marfa? And I was like, no, <laughs> I haven't been to Marfa. Um, and I was kind of embarrassed because I was like, I've lived in Texas my whole life and never been out there. And it's out there. It's far. It is. I mean, it's almost El Paso. It's about two hours uh, southeast of El Paso. And Texas, like I said, is very large. So from Austin, it's about a six and a half, seven hour drive. From Dallas, it's about eight and a half. So you're, you know, it's, it's a trek. And yeah, yeah. what, what I decided is one of my, um, one of my trips back to Texas, I think it was summer break that first year I stopped in Marfa. I was like, I have to check this out. And it really was mind blowing. The landscapes out there are really kind of what sparked a lot of the way I look at the world. Now it's just a very endless landscape. It's like you're on another planet it's quieter out there because there's no big cities around. You're just very isolated and it's, it's really surreal. And with that, going back to Donald Judd, he moved to Marfa in the 1970s and bought up a bunch of land, which is now the Chinati foundation and the Judd found, or he bought up a bunch of buildings as well, which are part of the Judd foundation. And it's really created this contemporary art scene within this tiny West Texas town that I think has a population of maybe 2000 people at the moment. Um, it's wild. I, I really think if you have a chance and you have the time, Marfa is a great place in Texas to check out. It's also really unique. I don't think there's a lot of places in the world like Marfa that are so isolated and have, you know, art festivals and film festivals and this really creative the eyes of the creative community are on Marfa, which is really exciting. And it's just such a tiny West Texas town. So it's really cool. Yeah, that's that's so cool. I, I love how, you know, different cities end up popping up as, mm-hmm. you know, like art destinations. Um, yes. So I, I think that's super cool. Um, mm-hmm. Also, it's it's great to to get some perspective on the different cities in in Texas from someone who's lived in all you've lived in all three uh, Austin, yes. Houston and Dallas. That's that's so cool. Um, thank you. Yeah. Artists end up asking us all the time, like it, you know, Mm -hmm. if we're going to, um, start a fair in Texas and if so, like, would we do Dallas or Houston or Austin? And, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to hear some perspective from someone who's actually lived there. (laughs) So of course, it's super exciting. Like, I think Texas is really, there's a lot going on here right now. A lot of people are moving here, which has been interesting. And, I think that there's a lot of growth happening and all three of those bigger cities have really exciting things going on and there's something for everyone. And the beauty of Texas is you can drive between everything. So it's, you know, part of the Texas culture is driving. So like when you go to a city, instead of saying how many miles it is, we say how many hours it is. <laughs> and that's just Great. the way, the way of life there. And so I think there's, there's a lot happening with all of those cities and also other places in Texas as well that I haven't even named. So it's really exciting. Damn. That's awesome. Well, thank you for that. Um, 
So the last thing that I wanted to talk about, uh, Kristen, mm-hmm. so obviously we, we can't give legal advice on, on a podcast, but we can talk about it. Um, so, uh, um, so you had a suggestion before that not many artists bring up, uh, when discussing art business. And can you talk about why you think that every artist should be an LLC and get a CPA? And also for anyone out there who might not know what those are, if you could, uh, uh, define those as well. Yes. So an LLC, I didn't know this when I first started. So, you know, back in the beginning, I, I actually came from working in restaurants before diving into my art career. So I was very broke and didn't really know a lot of business savvy things. And an LLC is a limited liability company. So it really creates a separate entity from yourself. That is the business and it operates as a business And again, I'm not a CPA or a lawyer, so this is just my opinion and not advice, but um, an LLC is a limited liability company that keeps everything separate. It keeps your business existing separately from yourself. And it's not super expensive to start up. So I, I lucked out and had a CPA I was working with who offered a flat fee to set everything up for me. And, um, a lot of CPAs, it's good to ask around, but they will offer that. Well, they'll just handle everything for you and you just look over the paperwork and sign it and then, you know, go from there. Um, with that comes my number one advice before even starting an LLC was create a separate checking account and a separate savings account for your business. It just makes things so much easier when you're filing your taxes and it helps you with writing off art supplies and your studio space and, you know, any travel expenses. It just really helps you start from an organized perspective and, you know, diving into this art business, a lot of the stuff I learned was just asking other artists or YouTube or Googling. And it, it definitely has made me look back and realize, I wish I started an LLC first thing. And I wish I had a business savings and a business checking first thing. And, you know, in hindsight, you know, it's, those are the things I would suggest but if you can also afford the extra help of hiring a CPA to do your taxes, that is like gold. I'll never forget the first two years or three years I was in business, like sweating over TurboTax, <laughs> trying to uh, figure out my own taxes. And <laughs> it was stressful and it yeah. takes time away from the studio. And if you can budget to have, someone at least do your annual filing for you. It's so much easier and I highly recommend it. And then on top of that, if you have room in your budget, a lot of CPAs will also offer bookkeeping services, which has also been such a time saver for me. So that's my other (laughs) bit of advice is, is budget for that if you can, because it really helps your business grow because you're taking away the stress and this time and in turn, you have more space in the studio to grow and to explore and to not be stressed, which is uber important to me. <laughs> which is, you know, how are you going to make art if you're stressed? So un- unless oh, yeah. your art is about being stressed, but, you know, do, <laughs> do you want your art to be about being stressed? Mm-mm, I don't know. No, no. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, I think that's such uh, such smart advice. Um, I also... Uh, became an LLC in the fall, which I'm very excited about. Congrats. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, and yeah, no, it, it is just, it's so helpful and just like 
keeping everything separate, um, mm-hmm. like from a, a liability standpoint, but also just from like, you know, having, you know, the the money that's coming in from your art business right. go there and you can kind of mm-hmm. organize exactly like, you know, the budget that you have for art supplies, exhibitions, travel, like production of your art, etc. Um, and just and yeah, like it, it just mm-hmm. makes everything so much more organized. So totally. Absolutely. Agree. And I definitely think if you can try to be as organized as possible from the get go, it makes things so much easier as you progress as a business and as you grow as an artist. Um, another note I also wanted to add is if archiving has become a thing for me lately. So artwork archive is a company I would definitely recommend artists, um, uh, check out and look into. They also have, a, I think they have a free version and there's some paid versions, but keeping good records of your work as well, you know, of, you know, the sizes and mediums and where they went, what galleries have shown them. All of those records are super important. And on the flip side, the business records are even more important. So having accounting software, particularly QuickBooks is one of my favorites. That's what I use. And just stay as organized as you can from the get-go and it'll make things so much easier. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, besides the fact that, you know, even when you sell pieces, you'll still have like a, a nice documentation of them so you can, uh, mm-hmm. you know, see them, <laughs> but right, it also, right. it's also a great way to keep track of how much art you're selling and kind of really see how you're growing over time. So I think that that's, um, a really, it's, it's really smart to keep track of the sales that you're making. Um, Absolutely. So yeah. Definitely a yeah. nice, nice last bit. Um, yes. And so, Kristen, uh, wonderful conversation we've had. Uh, let's go ahead and bring it home for our listeners out there with one last tip. What is your number one tip um, for artists who are just getting started? My number one tip is to always come from a place of hospitality. And that stems from my days working in restaurants. I think it's super important to say things like please and thank you. And with that comes, you know, sending a thank you card or a little note to someone who buys a piece of art from you that can make a big difference. I think it really is important to have that, you know, that connection with someone who's supporting you just to say thank you. And that can go a long way. And also you can use that with other artists, you know, say you're having a show. I think it's important to be open to, Lending help, you know, offering a drill if someone forgot a drill or letting them borrow a ladder or vice versa. I think coming from a sense of hospitality and community is like gold and that's super important. And I think it just spreads good vibes all around. (laughs) Many a friendship has been started by artists lending drills to other artists at Super Right. (laughs) (laughs) And Um, ladders too. Like I never knew how how much I'd forget a ladder. (laughs) Yep. Yep. It it happens. Um, Yeah. And definitely, I mean, you know, when selling art too, like you were saying, it's like, you know, the reason that someone is uh, really appreciates buying art from an Mm -hmm. artist so much more than any other option is that, you know, they're, you know, they're getting to know you. It's a part of your story. And, and so you're definitely a component to the piece. It's not just the the artwork itself. Um, right. Kind of weaving yourself into the, the sale, if you will, of the piece by, you know, having that thank you card that, you know, message just like being, uh, present as part of it is, it goes a long Mm -hmm. way. Like you said. 
Um, totally. Agree. Absolutely. And it makes a difference because then you potentially are building a relationship with either a supporter or a collector or follower, whoever it is, those relationships can last you through your career. And so I think just having that perspective of hospitality and gratitude is really, really important for sure. I love, that. I, lo- I, love I love hospitality as the, the perspective from it. I think that's, Oh, that's, it's the restaurant background. Yeah. <laughs> I like, we'll never, we'll never let it go. And it also is really humbling, never should. you know, to sell a painting and then look back and be like, wow, this would have been how many hours standing behind a host stand? <laughs> like, <laughs> right, how right. long would have this taken me? And it's, it's just, it's just humbling to come from that and realize, you know, just to always compare and go back to that, that mindset of just coming from a place of gratitude and hospitality. So yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Kristen. Um, to all of of course, thank you. (laughs) Um, to, uh, to all of you business artists out there, uh, Kristen has been here with us today, sharing her amazing perspective. Uh, if you would like to listen to this episode or any of our other uh, episodes, you can go to our website at superfine.world. Uh, to connect with Kristen, again, uh, you can follow her on Instagram at Kristen Moore Art and visit kristenmoreart.com. Love the consistency there. Uh, and as always, <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember, we are Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. Uh, we always appreciate when you share uh, the podcast uh, while you're listening, whether it's on your story or however uh, you like to share uh, what you're doing with your followers. Um, also if you could take a moment to write a review on Apple podcasts, uh, those ratings and reviews are so critical in how other artists, uh, find out about the show. And as always, I'd like to wrap up the class by sharing a quick quote with you all. Uh, today's quote is a landscape painting in which composition is ignored is like a line taken from a poem at random. It lacks context and may or may not make sense. (laughs) That's Walter (laughs) J. Phillips. Uh, think that's very fitting. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Yes. Kristen, once again, it's been such a pleasure having you here with us today. Thank you again for sharing your perspective. Oh, thank you. It's also been a pleasure. I enjoyed it. Yeah. No, it's been such fun. Loved your art for a long time anyways, but... uh, Oh, and likewise. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. (laughs) Uh, And uh, everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan, get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan. Hosted by me, Alex Mito. And me, James Milley. Join us each week to hear leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas discuss tips and tricks designed to help you thrive and sell more art. To listen to this episode and all of our past episodes, just visit www.superfine.world and click The Artist Business Plan. And we love to hear what you have to say, so just follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message just to let us know you're listening. Want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Go to www.superfine.world slash sell hyphen your hyphen art. Until next time, keep listening, keep creating, and keep up your artist business plan.